Hey, good morning, everybody. Hey, I just want to say hi to everybody that's joining us through simulcast and all kinds of uh, social media platforms. It is so good to be here with you. My name is David Campos. Can I just can I just introduce my wife just really quick? Hey, come on, baby, just stand up real quick. Come on, yay! It's my wife, Christina. Christina, yeah. Uh, a shock to, to most, it's not the pastor's wife, it's Christina, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this, this is my first time speaking in the big house, um, and I'm so excited uh, to be here with you, and you know, the, the first time we're talking, we're going to be talking about uh, sex this morning, so thank you, boss man, appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he threw me a nice a softball on that one. Um, and so, man, I'm excited for it. I feel like we're not going to be laughing too, too, too much longer, but that's okay. Um, man, but let's, let's, let's dive right in this morning. You know, sex is, is one of those topics that, that there, there's endless resources for it. I mean, we, can, we can talk about this for a couple weeks, actually, but we got to fit it all in to 25 minutes. But I do want to look at what Scripture says about it. I do want to see what Scripture is telling us, how it's instructing us. And so that, that's, what I, that's where I want to sit at this morning. You know, and It's one of those things in your marriage, right? In your marriage, the Bible says it will make you one flesh. It makes you become one flesh or it will make you one miserable flesh. So one or the other is where you're going to be. Which reminds me, so one time me and my wife were driving, right? And I'm just kidding, babe. I'm just kidding. We're not going to tell any of those stories this morning. <laughs> just leave that at that. Sex is, the, the, the truth is, sex has been around way long before, well, any of us were ever here. You know, a physical, intimate relationship is God's design between a man and a woman in the confines of marriage. We find a count of this. Go with me. Um, if you scan that QR code, then you have, your, you have your, your message notes there with me. So go with me here to Genesis 2, and let's, let's jump right into it. And I want to highlight a few uh, scriptures in this passage as we look at 18 to 25. So the, the Bible says in verse 18 of Genesis 2, Then the Lord God said, It's not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper who is just right for him. So the, so the Lord, the, the Bible goes on to say the Lord formed the ground and all the wild animals and he, he brought them all around to man so to see what he would call them. We pick it up in verse 20 and it says, he gave names to all the livestock and all the birds of the sky and all the wild animals. Listen, listen to this right here. But still there was no helper just right for him. So, so just imagine, that. I, I heard, we heard it said this week, just imagine how long that was for Adam to see all the animals, for them to be created, and him to name all of them. That, that's, that's quite some time. So let's keep on rolling here. In verse 21 it says, so the Lord God caused the man to fall asleep. While the man slept, the Lord took out one of the man's rib. We, we're not going to tell you any of the jokes that have been said for 20 years right there. And, we're, and he closed the opening. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to man. Look at how, look at how Adam responds in 23. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. He saw something different about this one than all the other things that were ever created in the world. And I, I'll let your mind run, run with that one. And so the Bible says, she will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother to be joined with his wife. And the two are united into one. 25 says, now a man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. Listen, God created us to enjoy one another. Jimmy, Jimmy Evans, he says it this way. 
God created sex for pleasure and lifelong enjoyment in marriage. God is fun, and he wants you to enjoy sex. The devil wants us to believe that we have to go to his side to enjoy sex. You see, church, if we don't talk about this, if we don't talk about the biblical vision of marriage and sexuality, then it leaves it open for the world to define. And so that's why it's important for us to talk about these things. Because the reality is, for centuries, people have tried to use sexual connections to meet their deepest need. A need, that need we have inside of all of us for intimacy and connection. And so when, when that need starts to, starts, to get, starts to wander outside the parameters and outside the parameters of the marriage covenant, then the results are, and they always will be unhealthy. The world says it's, it's no big deal, man. It's just, it's just a physical thing. It's just, it's just to, to, you know, to make you feel good. It, it's, it's, all, it's just part of growing up. It's part of finding out what you like and exploring yourself. But it's our connection with God that meets our deepest, truest levels. It's that connection that meets those levels of, of intimacy and identity and comfort and connection. You believe that? You can shout at me a little bit. It's okay. If, if, if you agree with it, just say, hey, it's, it's all right. <laughs> listen, listen, the problem with sex is, is not the desire. That, that's not the problem at all. That, that is God-given. The problem is, is how we express that desire. This, this, is, this is a God-designed way to fulfill our desire for sexual intimacy that way, is, it's within the covenant and the context of marriage. See, every, every area of our life, Pastor Ross just hit it on the head this morning. Is every area of our life has to be surrendered. That repentance has to run throughout every aspect of what we do. And so, and so this cannot be disengaged from that. This can't be separated from our repentance as we come before God. We've got to say, God, I, I surrender everything that, that I am, including my sexual desires, including the things that, that maybe I'm involved in this moment. I surrender from all that. And so it's interesting as, as, you, as you go through the Bible because the church of Corinth was actually wrestling with some of these things. They were, they were having questions about sexual temptations and the things that were happening in and around their world. And so we, with that context, we pick up the, 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 the Bible verse here in 1 Corinthians 7. I want to read it to you in the message version. It's there in your notes, uh, 1 Corinthians 7, and starting in verse 1. It says, Paul says, now getting down to the question you asked in your, in your letter to me first, is it good? Is it a good thing to have sexual relations? So here's Paul. Here's, yeah, absolutely. So, 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 so Paul says this. He says, certainly, he says, oh, yeah. So certainly, but only within a certain context. It's good for a man to have a wife and for a woman to have a husband. Listen here. Sexual drives are strong, but marriage is strong enough to contain them and provide for a balanced and fulfilling sexual life in a world of sexual disorder. Somebody say amen to the word. That's it. That's it right there. The, the marriage bed must be a place of mutuality. The husband seeking to satisfy his wife, the wife seeking to satisfy her husband. I'm going to pause right there because I've kind of heard it like, like this. Where I'm going I'm to steal a little bit from Zachary this morning. Is that all right? 
Yeah. <laughs> Everybody grab their, their, their handles right now. <laughs> I think I see a bead of sweat coming down Pastor Ross's before. It's all good. It's all good. I'm just messed. I love him. Listen, I've heard it said like this, that, that sex is like fire. It's like a fire. It's, it's, like you think of, think of a fire. Like you, we've gone camping. You, you, had a fire, you got a fireplace going, right? Trying to set in the mood and, you know, married couples, right? it's it's beautiful man there there's so many benefits to fire right it it warms you it gives you light you can cook food with it you can actually produce energy with it right when it's confined in the fireplace or in the fire pit when when it's confined right to the campfire it's beautiful and it creates this beautiful ambiance this, this romantic setting but unconfined when it gets out of the confines of where it's supposed to be held, the, the, that beauty, it, it turns. And, it, and it's, it can destroy houses, right? It can, it's, it can scorch thousands and thousands of, of acres of earth. And it can destroy people's lives. You sex in the, in the confines of marriage brings beauty. It brings intimacy. And it brings life. But outside, it can cause hurt cause unwanted pregnancies, it's cause diseases and things happening in your body. And, and it actually, ca- it hurts the way you view yourself. It can affect your identity, affect how you see yourself. So that, I just wanted to give that to you. Let's, let's pick this thing back up, right? In, in, verse, in verses one through seven, it says, marriage, marriage is not a place to stand up for your rights. Marriage, marriage is a decision to serve one another, whether in bed or out. Yeah, abstaining from, abstaining from sex is permissible for a period of time if you both agree to it and if it's for the purpose of prayer and fasting, but only for such times. Then come back together again. Man, don't, don't miss this. I have this underlined right here. I want you to do the same. Listen, Satan has an ingenious, Satan has an ingenious way of tempting us when we least expect it. Now, now, I'm not, listen, this is what he's saying. He's saying, I'm not, understand, I'm, I'm not com- commanding these periods of abstinence, only providing my best counsel if you should choose them. And we can't miss this last part. Here, sometimes I wish everyone were single like me. A simpler life in many ways, exclamation point. Okay, okay, Paul. But celibacy is not for everyone any more than marriage is. God gives the gift of single life to some and the gift of the married life to others, right? So listen, married couples, you, have, you must commit 100% of their sexual energy towards each other. You have to commit 100% of your sexual intentions, of your sexual energy towards each other. Not 80%, not, not 87, not 97, not 99, 100% of, you, of your sexual thoughts and your actions and your, your connections, they have to be focused on one another. Married couples say amen, come on. The best context for sex is the same as all the others. We, we saw that. It's not a place where you stand up for your rights. No, it's about serving and loving one another. It's about serving your spouse in and outside the bed. Don't miss that. Love focuses on the other person. You love somebody, you focus in on that other person. Lust, everything is focused to me. Everything is for, about me. So just be careful with that. And I love that Paul points to the singleness at the end of this passage, right? And he, and he goes on to talk about a little bit more in 1 Corinthians 7, 8, 8 and 9. But, but the, the truth of the matter is, just like married couples, singles, listen, you need to commit 100% of your sexual energy towards God. 
You got to give it to him. It's that, it's that age-old adage, right? Garbage in, garbage out. So whatever, whatever you put in, whatever you let come through the windows of your heart and the windows of your soul, that's what's, that's what's building up inside of you, and that's what's going to come out. Single people say amen. amen. <laughs> yeah. Listen, 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, flee from sexual immorality. This, this is the one thing that you flee from. You don't stay and fight. I'm talking to somebody. You, you flee from it. You don't stay and fight. Quit staying. That's why you're getting in trouble. You got to get out of there. Just the battle is real. And if it's left to wonder, then it will lead you to places that you never wanted to be. But you end up finding yourself there because you're not fleeing from it. Take a stand. And there's a reason why Paul is saying singleness is called a gift because it's a fight. It's a fight. It's a battle. It's a battle that's raging on inside of you. And I, I want to I make this statement, but I want to make this statement that make sure that you're looking at me and you hear me. Marriage is not morally better than singleness. Like, like one is not better than the other. All the single people say, amen, praise God. Come on. You're part of the, you're part of the community too. Right? But Paul just said, we just, we just read about it. You gotta, so this is what I want you to do. I want you to embrace your current position, whether you're married or whether you're single. Embrace that. God has a plan. God has a purpose for you, single people. God has a purpose for you, married people, right now. And, and that, that doesn't exclude your sexual expressions. <laughs> that doesn't, that you shouldn't set that apart. Paul says living a single lifestyle. He talked about that, that living a single lifestyle can have immense benefits to your life in Christ. You, I mean, listen, you're available, and you're available, and not only are you available, you are equipped for God's purpose that married people aren't. But God wants to empower you for purity. He wants to empower your purity through your sex drive and create a longevity in your life to honor him, to glorify him. John Piper, he says it this way, all of us, all of us, married and single, are supposed to live hour by hour by the forgiving, justifying, all-sufficient grace of God. And then bend it out to all the others in, your, in our lives. Jesus says that all of life, not just marriage, is a showcase of God's glory. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. And what? And give glory to. So for you single people, I want to I give you a little something this, this morning. Listen, i give you three little points here. Guard your body. Draw the line. Decide now what is and isn't acceptable. Many times, as, 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 as Christina and I, we, we counsel different people, we say, hey, you, you can't decide what's fair when you're already upset and you're mad and, you're, and you're, you're fighting one another. You can't decide that then. You need to decide that beforehand so that you can play by the rules. No, no good coach comes up with a game plan on Friday. <laughs> you prepare all week long for Friday. Okay, so listen, single and married, start preparing for the battle. Start preparing for the fight beforehand to alleviate, to alleviate that confusion, to alleviate all, all the things that happen after that. I tell, I'm going to give you a little bit of daddism. I'm going to give you a little bit of a David advice, uh, a David dad advice that I gave to, to my boys, right? I said, listen, I said, it's so much easier to avoid the situation than to get out of it, right? Because once that freight train starts rolling, it takes an act of God to stop it. 
I mean, somebody, somebody say amen. You know what I mean? What, you, you put yourself in a position in a bad place, in a dark place, and you're just alone, you and your girl or your girl and you, and, and you start to go in. Well, it takes an act of God to stop that. So, so guard your body, draw the line, decide now what is it, what isn't acceptable. First Thessalonians 4 tells us God's will is for you to be holy. So stay away from all sexual sin that each of you, that then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. All right, number two, guard your emotions. Love is not the same as sex. 1 Corinthians 13, we all know is a chapter of love. Verses 4 through 7, it talks about what love is. Love is patience and love is kind and love is jealous. All those things of love, man, hold those things close to your heart and understand that this, this is what God wants for you. This is, this is the design that God has placed in your heart and before you. Amen? Number three, guard your mind. Surrender your thought life. You got to surrender your thought life. Philippians 4, 8 and 9 in the New Living Translation says this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I got this part on the line. Keep putting it into practice. You got to keep putting it into practice. It's not about just today. It's not about making the decision today. It's about making the decision tomorrow morning as well. It's, a, it's about making the decision before you go on the date. It's, it's about making those decisions beforehand. You keep on putting those things into practice so that all you learn and receive from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then God, then the God of peace, what will he do? Then the God of peace will be with you. Right? The God of peace will be with you. So I will transition here a little bit. I want to, let's go to, let's go to 1 Corinthians 7, 3 through 5. And we're going to talk about uh, um, husbands and wives. And we read a little bit of this portion of scripture earlier, but I, I want to read it to you in the New Living Testament as, as we, as we go through it. The Bible says here in 1 Corinthians 7, it says, the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs. And a wife should fulfill her husband's sexual needs. All right, there we go. We got a couple of people like, amen, and a couple of people, amen. All right, we love it. Some people are tracking with me. <laughs> the, the wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Amen. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so that you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Afterwards, you should come together again. So that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Let's pull some gems out of this little passage of scripture here. The first thing is meet your spouse's need. Our bodies belong to each other as married couples. We should, we should never use that as leverage. We should never use that as a fighting tool, as a place to withhold or to bring or to, or, to, or to use it to, to get your way, right? And, and the, the reality of it is we, we have different needs. There's, there's a study that shows that 20% of women are more sexual than their husbands. And that's okay. That's the kind of wife you got. Praise the Lord. Thank God. Don't, you shouldn't ask for nothing else the rest of the year. <laughs> I, I'm glad you're with me still. Hey, yeah. 
You guys come up here and help me finish. You guys come back up. Do we have different sexual needs, right? We have to meet each other's needs. Second thing I want to say is I want, I want you to allow time to communicate those needs. Allow each other time to communicate those needs. And I want you to make sure that we're talking about those things in a positive and clear way. Not, not, not through negative talk, not through, not through beating somebody down, not through, not through talking uh, in, a, in a negative way. Communication should always be taking place before, during, and after times of intimacy. You got to make sure that you're communicating with one another. Because the truth of the matter is that every area of our lives, as married couples, we need to have a consistent, consistent and routine communication throughout all of it. And make sure we're talking about things. That, that definitely includes our sex life includes the, the times that we spend, those intimate times that we spend with our spouses. Can't ignore, we can't ignore it and assume everything is fine. Think when, think when we, we begin to do that, we begin to neglect one another. The feelings of neglect start coming up. Feelings of hurt start coming up. And listen, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with needing to go talk to a therapist. There's nothing wrong with, with tr- trusting in a confide, confiding, your confiding conversations with friends. Friends that are married, friends that are, friends that are, that are healthy, because you need to be careful who you're talking to as well, but sometimes you have to go and talk to people, and that's okay. The third thing I want to give you is I want you to commit to sexual purity and protection. Don't allow lust into your relationship. You, you replace those thoughts with thoughts that are greater than those, thoughts that are higher than those. Don't develop, don't develop any inappropriate emotional or physical relationships. Share everything in your lives, especially your phones, especially your passwords. Don't, don't allow areas of secrecy to begin to kind of build up in, within your marriage. If you have unmet needs, give those to God first. Don't, don't hide the, your temptations. Be honest. Be honest with the things that, you, that you're feeling. Be honest. There's an accountability that comes. There's, there's, a, there's a spiritual, heavenly, beautiful accountability that comes between you and your spouse when you begin to talk about these things. Because the truth of the matter is, attraction is inevitable. That, that, that's going to be there, but you decide. You decide how to respond. Number four is create an atmosphere of physical pleasure. <laughs> you have to have romance outside of the room, outside of your bedroom. You gotta have romance outside of the bed. Listen, it's your privilege. It is your privilege to meet the unspoken needs of your spouse. It's, it's, you should see that as an honor to, to be able to have those intimate moments with your spouse. I, 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 I tell my wife this, I said, well, I'm, I'm so excited that I'm the only one that gets to see you get dressed. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, I'm the only one. Don't, 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 don't miss that. Don't miss those moments. There's, they, they're so real and they're so special. And fellas, come on, let's be honest. Those are just building blocks. I mean, you're just, build, you just, building, you're just building up a good, a good relationship to have a great moment. It's a privilege to meet the unspoken needs of our spouse. Because if you don't, if you don't, we just read the scripture that the devil, the enemy is ingenious. 
he'll send somebody to. That's your job. That's your honor. That's your privilege. So make sure we're doing that. So make sure you have regular date nights. This leads to nights of intimacy. And sometimes unplanned moments are good, but sometimes planned moments are, are, are better as well. So don't, don't be hesitant to plan something, to plan something for each other. And the last thing I want to give you is communicate. Deal with any problems together. Sexual problems, they affect you both, and they're real. Listen, as we get older, our bodies don't work the way they, they did when they were young, and, that, and that's okay. But we need to have open and honest conversations with one another. That's okay. <laughs> it's, it's okay to have those problems. You ain't, I promise you, you're not the only one. But what's not okay is to not have those conversations. So don't let those things wander. Don't let the uncommunication between you and your spouse wander into to unhealthy territory. I want to leave you with something that, that Jimmy Evans said and pulled these out of. I pulled those out of the Marriage on the Rock series, which I think is amazing um, and has helped me and my, my wife so much. Uh, so for married or single, listen, this is the way Jimmy says it. He says, the devil knows how to speak both our languages related to temptation. For men, married or single, it's, it's pornography. The deception is that women are less emotional and they're just sexual. For women, uh, married or single, it's, it's romance novels and, and soap operas. The deception is that men are less sexual and just emotional. So in every, everybody in this room, all of us at one point in time, we've, we've made mistakes. We've done things that, that we wish we hadn't. And all too often, the, the regret and the shame and the fear are the loudest voices in our lives. Especially when it comes to our sexuality. So this morning, maybe, maybe you're, you're reeling from an experience that you didn't seek out. And those, those, those moments in your life play out over and over again. That, that theme seems to dictate how you're living your life and maybe dictate how you see yourself, how you value yourself. I want you to know that there's healing for those things here this morning. The presence of God is here. And this is where we find our wholeness. This is where, we, in his presence is where we find our healing. And his presence is where we find restoration. And even, even it, through, this, through the, the, the camera, no matter where you are, there is healing there where you are. God is there. The rejection that abandonment from those experiences, they, sometimes they, they, de- they begin to destroy and they begin to tear down our heart. They distort our emotions and they, they devalue our worth. And what they do is they can cause a wedge between our, in our communication between us and God. I want to give you the definition of restoration, though, this morning. Listen, restoration is the action of returning something to a former condition, the process of repairing or renovating the act of reinstating something back to its original form or function. I believe God already started to do something this morning. He he already started to restore you. You and I can be restored again because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter what it is. There's no part of you, spirit, body, soul, it does, there's no part of you that God cannot restore. So this morning, 
I wanna ask you to bow your heads. Close your eyes. As God, as the Holy Spirit, I believe, is already moving in your heart, is already turning things up, already exposing some things. Would you, would you just choose to give those to him this morning? We're gonna have a time of worship, but before we do that, maybe this morning you, you, you've been lost and you don't, you don't know about this Jesus that I was reading about through the word of God and you wanna, get, you wanna know him. Or maybe you've, you've wandered away. You've made your own decisions. You've been living your own life. And you say, Lord, it's time. I, I wanna come back to you. It's, it's real simple. It's a simple prayer that I'd love to lead you in. It could be something like this. It's just, Father, I recognize that you are good. Forgive me for the sins that I've committed against you. I receive salvation. I receive the gift of salvation because of the blood that was shed by Jesus on the cross. Would you wash over me? Would you make me new this morning? Would you help me from this moment on to live for you? I surrender all. I surrender my life to you. Would you be my guide? Help me from this moment on to be the best life example of you that I can be. In the name of Jesus.